This is a Glendale Library Arts and Culture Program, created for teens, edited and hosted by the teen library staff. Check out community service opportunities and teen events down in the description box. This episode is part of Glendale Library Arts and Cultures and the Southern California Library Cooperative Be The Change series, which focuses on inclusion, diversity, equity, and anti-racism. Be The Change events will build a collective understanding of systematic racism, elevate the voices and stories of Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and inspire our community to be the change. Hi everyone, it's Melissa. And Desiree. Welcome to the guest episode of Team Gen Talk. So today's guest is a singer, songwriter, actress, poet, educator, fashionista, and writer from Queens. She received her BA in theater from the University of Kentucky. She honed her playwriting skills there and went on to produce three one-woman shows since 2002. When she's not performing, she's teaching spoken word to middle and high school students in the Bronx conducting educational workshops and writing curriculum. She is currently writing her debut young adult novel, Seeing Janelle. Grab a snack and drink, and let's welcome Barry to Teen Gen Talk. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Barry, for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss. To start off, I want to ask, uh, what about theater gravitated you to receive your bachelor's in it, and when did the love for theater begin? I think the I gravitated towards theater because I am a bubbly person and I like <laughs> to talk. And so I was able to talk on stage in front of people. So yeah, I think that's what drew me to theater. Um, and also in middle school, we did a lot of smaller plays and I was like, well, this is really cool. So I, like it was like uh, late middle school. So like I would say great. And then once I got so I started auditioning to for stuff in high school, and then I loved it so much, I just decided to go for it in college. Is there a memorable production that you did while your time at University of Kentucky that you remember? Yes, there have been a few of them, but one in particular was called Buses, and Buses was about um, two historical Black women meeting each other, Rosa Parks and Mary Ellen Pleasant, and Mary Ellen Pleasant was in San Francisco a hundred years before Rosa Parks, and they they met in a fictitious meeting, and that kind of changed my uh, trajectory as a theater artist because not only did I decide that I want to go into writing, but I also wanted to go into acting as well. So I think that helped me to solidify how I could. It was a two person show, so it was me and her. So I felt like that was very memorable. And I got a chance to go to festivals with that, um, with that show. And so I can't, you know, I can't forget it. It's hard. To, unforgettable. You went on to produce three one woman shows since 2002. The last yes. one, the last show you did before uh, Tubman was called Brown Girl Blue Grass. Um, yes. Can you speak a little bit more about that show? Yes. So, wow. Yeah, we've done, I've done a lot of woman shows. <laughs> So brown girl, bluegrass, I'm from Kentucky. So Kentucky is called Bluegrass State. Go Cats, go Cats. I graduated from the University of Kentucky and I grew up there for 20 years of my life. I was born in Ohio, but I uh, lived in Kentucky since I was five to 25 or 24. And that was a big part of my upbringing was growing up in Lexington, Kentucky. I liked the things that maybe 
society or media tells black girls they shouldn't like. I loved country. Mm. Not everything was hip hop or not everything was R&B. It was just, a, it's a, it was a myriad or it was an amalgamation of many ideas in one existence. And so I took this whole brown girl, bluegrass idea and I looked up history, black history of, of specifically of Kentucky and, and specifically of Lexington, Kentucky where I'm from and next thing you know it's this big show and it's it really honors the legacy of black people in Kentucky and also the legacy of Kentucky in the United States so it does it kind of like marries those ideas of black history and geography puts it together and tells stories about us as mentioned before, um, your latest one woman show was called Tubman. Can you tell yes. the viewers a little bit more about the show and how you got to travel to the United States? Yes, and Europe, and Europe. In Europe. Yes, one whole country in Europe, but I'm gonna hold on. That's cool. Tubman came about, um, I am, I've, I've been a teacher since 2004. I've, officially since 2005, I became a full-time fifth grade teacher. This to teach for 10 more years after that and now I teach part-time I teach to high school kids not middle school kids in the Bronx and so I just thought about what my students go through there have been students that I've overlooked because of how they presented themselves um, there have been students that I disregarded because they might have been a little bit more rebellious than the other students so I thought about, well, as we were approaching 2015, going into 2016, and we were having this huge election four years ago, another one right now, right? I was trying to figure out what would Harriet Tubman do during this time. So I took the idea of my students and Harriet Tubman, and I put it together and said, well, what would my students want to see? At that time, I was teaching global history regents, and there's no Black or Latinx history on the regents exam at all. It's like a big exam that New York City kids take to pass, but there was no black or brown history on that test. So I was like, well, I, what would my kids want to see? So I took the idea of Harriet Tubman, turned her into a young person. She would live in today, all the things that she went through, and I paralleled it with Harriet Tubman's life. And next thing you know, I'm rapping, singing, and I've been on the show since 2017, and it's been pretty much like a whirlwind. I've done over like 60, 70-something shows. And um, I was in a festival uh, two years ago in London, uh, in Cambridge, which is a suburb of London. And that was really cool. That was very, very cool. But I got a chance to do a few other festivals too. And it just has been amazing because I didn't, I thought my Brown Girl Bluegrass show was gonna be a lot more popular. And then when I did Tubman, it just kind of blew up. I was in the middle of doing Brown Girl Bluegrass. Next thing I know, Tubman just took its own world. What message do you wish to convey through your works, whether that be writing or production? I think in everything that I do, I wanna make sure that young people, people my age and even older can walk away knowing that they have agency and advocacy for their own bodies. And that even though I'm a teacher and I'm, I facilitate education and discussions. I want students to walk away with their own voice and their own perspectives. And I'm just offering ideas. So for me is to always, always propel the people that I'm teaching their stories and their ideas and their voices to the forefront of my 
of my pedagogy or my curriculum and to make sure they know that they have advocacy for themselves and agency for themselves. And I think that's like the most important for me. Do you always, like, do you ever feel the pressure to constantly be creating? Yeah. Yo, listen, on TikTok, I am overwhelmed. I'm like, how are y'all this good? They are like editing and singers and songwriters. And I'm like, oh, I got to do stuff. I got to do stuff. I got to do stuff. But then I've also learned to like, when it comes, it comes. And I'm not going to force it. But yes, definitely like even living in New York City, there's a constant, you know, my friend, oh, I got a new show. Oh, I got a new um, idea. Oh, I got this. Oh, I got that. And it's just always like, well, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And I've learned now to kind of balance myself, try not to worry. And just when it comes, when your time is here, your time is here. So I just try not to worry about that. But honestly, I have felt that over and over again. Yes, for sure. So when you are writing or performing, you keep a very active social media presence. Like you said, like now you're on TikTok, but you also do vlogging. You also do makeup work. Yes. Why, is it, why is it so important for you to do it all? Okay, so I don't know if you ever heard this in your life, but I definitely have heard it in my life where you have to pick one thing and you have to be good at that one thing. Yeah. I've that my entire life, probably because I have ADD. I don't have ADD. I'm not diagnosed, but I do have tendencies of I don't like this. I'm going to put it down. I like this. I'm going to pick it up. I don't like this. I'm going to put it down. But what happened was I ended up liking everything and I was good at the things that I liked. So I liked acting, so I stayed with acting, and I got jobs and work in acting. Then I sang. I'm, I'm a singer first, above, above everything, and then I was getting work as a singer. The next thing you know, I'm doing multiple things, and I like all the things that I'm doing. I don't know. I think as a young person, I was told that you should focus on this one thing. And I remember somebody telling me, why don't you just, you know, get an office job or whatever. I was like, me? Office job? Me? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I can't even focus for like two, like I need to work for myself because this is, the office job stuff is just, it's, it's, it's too much. I end up falling asleep on the job because it was too much for me. So I think that's why I want to do all of these things. And also artists have to know that it's not just one lane that's going to get you, you know, paid. Mm -hmm. I've been able to make money in like selling merch and able to do my makeup. Um, do my hair. I've gotten, I've done a few videos for like brands for just my hair. I didn't even know that. I thought I was going to get work by acting and writing. Next thing I know, they're like, would you like to do videos for us? And I swear I didn't know how to edit videos until like 2017 or 18. And then I did it. And next thing I know, I've done six videos with this one brand. So it's like, wow, I didn't know I could do that, but I did it. And, and, and now I'm doing it consistently. Now, do I have a huge following on YouTube? No, that's kind of hard. To, to have but it's grown I've gotten better and I've gotten paid and that's the thing that's really shocked me is because I thought I was just gonna sing right and now I'm over here my kids think I'm famous because I have a thousand subscribers on YouTube I'm like really really okay speaking of doing it all you're also a fashionista has fashion always been a huge part of your life yes yes uh, fashion um so here's the thing I have a, I have so many stories when I left undergraduate school, I went to grad school for a year. I didn't like it. Um, so I changed course and became a teacher. But for grad school, I was going for costume design for stage and film. I thought I was going to be a costume designer. And I love putting together clothes. I love, um, I just, I was always very eccentric. Um, and I, I, I was always looking at the fashion magazines, even though they were very thin. I was never thin or anything like that. But I always liked combinations of like 
prints together and bright colors and clothes. And I love like playing around with the ideas of the 60s and vintage in general. I love vintage clothing and period. So I think all of that was how I grew up. And then I eventually thought I was going to do it when I got to college. And then I did two shows in college. So I did everything in college. I, I, I acted in college. I did stage management. I worked in the costume shop and then I designed two shows in college. Then I went to grad school for costume design. And I was like, I hate this. I don't want to just do costume design. I want to get a, I want to do it just like I did in undergrad, but it didn't work out like that. It, it ended up just me focusing and drawing all the time. And I'm just like, this is boring. I, I want to be able to do more than just this. So that's why I left, but I would have stayed if I maybe was doing more fashion-based as opposed to fashion-based, who knows? But um, yes, I've always loved just texture and color and putting things together in ways that are interesting. Yeah. Um, I also want to touch on the fact that you are a singer, songwriter, and poet. Um, yeah. I personally have always loved songwriting and poetry. Um, yes. How do you overcome writer's block and what helps you continue having that creative juice in you? First of all, thank you for mentioning my singing because I, I feel like I'm the that's the first on my list, right? Because people know me in other places as a poet or just a talker in general, which is fine. So thank you for saying that because I sing, okay? I, I, I was raised in gospel music all day long. But I think for me, it's important that I constantly stay honest with myself and like the world around me inspire me to write. Um, and so I think writer's block is always a thing that I experience. I try to like get back in touch with nature. And also I love creating with other people. So like being around people and talking, sometimes I get ideas for songs and I write them down. And sometimes I don't go back to them till later. I think writer's block for me, I'm able to um, just, if it, if it happens, I let it happen. But if I try to get, I want to get over it a little bit, I try to like, you know, take walks, talk to people. Next thing I know, I have ideas for songs. And then here in 2020, I got like a whole album at this point because <laughs> it's been pretty uh, eventful, I would say. Yeah. If you could also touch on like, I guess your singing journey, how has that whole experience been for you? Yes, so <laughs> frustrating to say the least um, because I sound different from what's popular. Mm. And I think because I sound different than what's popular, what I've noticed is my voice works better when I'm telling stories as opposed to just singing. So I was singing all over New York City and I had a band and everything. I had, you know, all over. And I it started getting really expensive because I had to pay for my band mates and things like that. And we were getting gigs, but I wasn't getting paid very well with the gigs. It just was very, very frustrating. Then... Um, I wrote Brown Girl Bluegrass in 2014. And there were songs, I wrote seven songs inside of a one woman show. Next thing I know, people want to know soundtracks to my show. I'm like, do you have the soundtrack? Do you have the soundtrack? I loved this song and that song. And I was like, well, maybe theatrical singing and songwriting is where my path is because the traditional route where, you know, I'm trying to get picked up by a, a brand or a label or whatever, maybe what didn't work for me and my style of singing. So that would, I sang as a kid, um, I've always had a very big voice and I just thought people, I was even voted most likely to be a music star in high school. I was class clown, first of all. I was like, I better get the clown thing because I'm funny, okay, I'm funny. And then um, I got it. 
And so I was like, okay, well, you know, that's fine. But I, I sang, I mean, I've been singing since before I could even talk, right? So I think that was just a big, big part of my journey is like discovering what lane my voice and my energy fits. And I think theater is where it fits. Um, I think theater and, and singing on stage, um, telling stories through my songs is where my voice belongs, I believe. Speaking of writing, you're also working on your debut adult novel titled Seeing Janelle. What? Why did you decide to create a novel and the inspiration behind it? I'm doing too much, y'all. I am doing way too much. O-M-G. Uh, so I have been a teacher, or I, I am a teacher, and I was in love with Hunger Games. I was in love with sci-fi. I don't know why all of a sudden I was like, "What? this is amazing. So I started reading nothing but fantasy. I don't know if y'all read that there's another um, trilogy called, or it's a, it's a four book series called Pretty's Ugly Specials Extras. Yeah. Back in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I thought they were supposed to be doing a movie about it, but then I then I also read I Am Number Four, also read Hunger Games. Anyway, it was good. Anyway, the point is, I was like, I don't see any black kids in here. I don't see nobody that looks like my students. My students are mostly Dominican, Puerto Rican, black, or you know, like either West African or United States, you know. And I was like, I don't see any of my students in these books. So Tubman and C came around the same time. So I, this is National Novel Writing Month. November is National Novel Writing Month. So in 2015, I started writing a book. And I've only, I'm only about 115 pages in because I've been like stuck on it for a little bit. Um, so the goal is to try to work on it this month and finish it uh, for 2021. But I just thought that I would love to see fantasies and sci-fi novels, just kind of like, I don't know if you've seen Lovecraft Country, but the same idea of like fantasy and magic and sci-fi and, and seeing different kind of kids experience it. So that's, that's where that came from. And Janelle is the main character in the book. So Janelle has a, has, well, if it gets famous, I can't tell you everything, but it's a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so before we end, we have some rapid fire questions to ask yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the first question is, what is your favorite color? That's hard. I like all the colors. Okay. Um, I would say consistently green. Green. Yes, consistently. What is your favorite play of all time? That's hard. Um, favorite play of all time. Okay, I'm just gonna go with this because I love it. Dream Girls. Yes. Dream Girls is yeah. Dream Girls. What is some advice that you wish you would have known when you were younger? Always be yourself. Don't let. I know people say this all the time, and it's a cliche. But seriously, if you just allow yourself to be exactly who you are, and you might not know who you are yet. But not trying to do anything or what anybody else is doing, but letting your voice be authentically you. I think that's the best advice somebody could have gave me at 18, 19, 20, or even younger, because I worked, I tried so hard to be the opposite of myself. And now that I know who I am, I'm like, oh, this is where I'm being, this is where I find myself most successful when I'm being myself. If you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? OMG, these are great questions. Uh, fly. I think 
So then I don't have to worry about uh, plane tickets. I can just fly. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, if you could have three people dead or alive for dinner, get Wow. Okay. Prince for sure. I was so sad when he died. Prince, Toni Morrison, maybe Susan Laurie Parks. She's a famous playwright. Um, what does the success for you mean right now? Important question. I think success means for me right now, it means that I am authentically myself and I'm listening to my own conscience. Listen to myself and I'm not being authentic, then I'm not connecting with my success. So I think that for me is successful. And also in the real world, being able to pay my rent, mm -hmm. my bills with my talent. I think that's also another thing I think about success is that I'm able to do things in my life with comfort without having to pinch pennies to do it. What is a book that you have read recently or currently reading that you would recommend? Oh my gosh. So there's this book, um, it's called Everybody Looking by Candace Elo, I-L-O-H. And she's a friend of mine actually. And she came out with this book. It's being, it's being, um, it's, an, it's a finalist and an, as a national book award. Oh. But so good. Okay, so it's about this girl who is coming of age, but she's Nigerian American. Her mom is from the United States. Her father's from Nigeria. And she's coming to grips with growing up with her father and her mother and trying to balance her own identity at the same time. So it has her going from when she's first grade all the way to college and it's written in poetry. It's written in verse. So it's really, really good. It just came out. Um, everybody looking. It's, it's very good. Awesome. So thank you so much, Barry. We learned thank a lot you. about you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down and talk with us. Thank Can you. Let everyone at home know about any upcoming projects and where they could connect with you. Yes, no upcoming heart projects as of right now, maybe in the future. Um, but you can find me on Instagram. I am Barry and Co. B E R R Y A N D C O. I do everything there. I have like five Instagrams, but. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly on Varian Co. And on TikTok, I'm Varian Co. And uh, apparently uh, people like me there, I guess. So um, I talk a lot. So I'm, I'm warning you now. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. And I'm having fun. And thank you for having me. Yeah, no, but thank you so much for doing this. We really, yeah. really, really appreciate it. Yeah, this, that's awesome. And like, good luck with everything. You're doing thank amazing. You so much. Like, it's very inspirational. Well, thank All you right, so much. I'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.